And happy Independence Day. I hope you're enjoying this holiday. It's my pleasure to bring you my interview with Khalid Bey, who recently won the Democratic nomination for the city of Syracuse mayor. Uh, it's a great interview. Uh, we go over his feelings now as uh, the first African-American candidate for a major label for, uh, for city of Syracuse mayor, as well as uh, his wins uh, in uh, this uh, last uh, couple Tuesdays ago now, and his vision for Syracuse and, and his differences between the current administration. I find it a fascinating interview, and I hope uh, you enjoy it as well. Today is America's Independence Day. And those of you who know me outside of my political endeavors know that I'm a little bit of a nerd. And, uh, and one of my nerd things is that I love the the uh, movie 1776 and uh, Hamilton, but I've also kind of a, got a soft spot for Independence Day, the movie, the horrible movie uh, <laughs> about uh, aliens, uh, you know, uh, crashing into Earth and, uh, and, and invading it. Uh, and then, uh, of course, it culminates with the best speech in movie history, the Bull Pullman speech about uh, uh, independence, you know, and fighting how the Independence Day is now a world holiday or whatever. It was a great speech. But that speech is on my mind today because today in America's independence, we are not just remembering a, uh, a holiday. We are in the midst of a major battle a battle against pro and anti-democracy forces. And those forces are not from, uh, you know, the, the anti-democracy forces are not from a foreign country. They're not from a foreign world. They are homegrown anti-democratic white supremacist forces that are doing everything they can to bring power together, keep power and prevent those of us that are uh, seen to be unworthy to being able to express our views at the uh, polling place. This battle is a battle for the soul of America. And this Independence Day, we need all of us to join the fight. We have two elections uh, coming up in the next two years that are very important, local elections in 2019 and uh, midterm elections in 2022. And, and with the Supreme Court decision to uh, curtail Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act, our only hope, well, we have two hopes, <laughs> the For the People Act in, in Congress, although that looks doomed to at least failure, and even if passed, I, it's not beyond me that the Supreme Court will strike down provisions of it to make it weaker than it, it, it is uh, written and, uh, and, and effectually in effect. So our real only hope is to turn out in massive numbers and vote for pro-democracy uh, politicians. And unfortunately, you know, it, it does look like at this point, one side uh, of our, of our uh, you know, American ideologies of Republicans and Democrats, our parties, there's one side that has fully embraced this anti-democracy white supremacist movement. 
So we need to ask the questions of our politicians. Are you for voting rights? What are the actions you're going to take to enact voting rights and protect voting rights in the wake of this anti-democracy, right suppressionist movement? And what will we do if we don't get satisfied answers? That is our independence. Uh, it's not aliens. It's not a foreign country. It's us. We have to fight against us this Independence Day because the dogs <laughs> are at the gate. Uh, we are at a precipice of danger in this country. And I know what side I'm on. My side is to count all the votes and make sure everybody can cast all the votes. And I hope that you'll think about that and decide how you're going to cast your votes and how you're going to spend your time over the next couple of years because we need everybody in this fight. Thank you. And now enjoy my interview with Khaled Bay, uh, Syracuse Common Councilor at Large and candidate, Democratic candidate for mayor of the city of Syracuse. Bye-bye. And I'm happy to have my good friend, uh, Khaled Bay, who is the winner of the Syracuse Democratic mayoral primary that we just certified a few days ago. Uh, he uh, won uh, this race by 33 votes. I think it ended up coming out too. But uh, yeah, but it was very close. But Khaled, thank you for coming on uh, Zoom with Zarni. And congratulations. I appreciate it, Commissioner. I appreciate you having me. So, Colin, you and I go way back. Uh, uh, you know, we've uh, been working together on, a, a, you know, on democratic policies and politics for a while. But I would, I would like, you know, this is kind of your first uh, uh, time on Zuma Zarni uh, as the mayoral candidate. So, can you tell us a little bit about your background here in Syracuse and uh, why you decided to run for mayor? Well, uh, thanks, Dustin. Uh, you know, as I've talked about a lot during this campaign, you know, I'm, I'm born and raised here. I grew up on the south side of the city, uh, Central Village, single, single parent household for the most part. You know, uh, three other siblings in the house with me. I'm the third oldest in my household. Uh, you know, and it, it was just, it was interesting coming up. You know, of course, as a young child, you're not aware of much, but obviously as we get older, we become a lot more responsible, a lot more in tune with what's happening. Uh, you know, we, we have to, in my opinion, take part in trying to make community better. So, you know, uh, just, you know, being a person who attended our schools, graduated from our public schools, having an understanding of what those dynamics are like in our school district, you know, living and working in the city for many years, you know, coming up, you know, from the time when I was a peer counselor, you know, when I grew up in the housing authority, I didn't know what it was really back then, but that's, a, that's what they called me, a peer counselor. Uh, I guess we did our best to talk to our peers and help help them make right decision. And so I've always had uh, an opportunity in one way or another to contribute, uh, even when I wasn't clear on what I was doing. <laughs> you know, so uh, having, having been involved for that long and <clears throat> just coming up and having uh, some social justice awareness, you know, even years ago before the term became popular, 
uh, you know, just always being involved in community has been a part of my life for for a long time. And so it was it was a natural thing. Uh, I remember saying to someone that, that when I made the decision initially to run for office, as you remember, unsuccessfully, uh, you know, I, I kind of had the idea, you know, who better to, to tackle my circumstances than me? I couldn't be a person on the sideline complaining without taking any action. And so I decided to take action. Uh, coming coming into this uh, particular election after being on the council for 10 years, uh, you know, there was a lot of speculation about me potentially running for mayor before. And believe it or not, none of that came from me. Uh, but in the last month of, of last year, uh, maybe last, last two months, uh, just considering some of the policies that I've seen this administration attempt, uh, and, you know, and what I qualify as a disconnect from issues uh, relative to people, everyday people on the ground, uh, trying to communicate to this administration what I thought it should do to make it easier for constituents. It just wasn't uh, translating apparently. And so I thought it was necessary uh, that somebody who understands the issues run for office. And that uh, person, of course, I think it's me. Right. I mean, <laughs> and you know, you've actually had a hard run for office. This has not been easy. Uh, you uh, barely lost uh, the Democratic nomination for Onondaga County Democratic Committee, but you decided to run a, um, you know, a, a primary campaign, which in the city of Syracuse is healthy and normal and something that uh, I've always said is something that is, you know, beneficial. Uh, and, and, and now you've uh, you won the, the primary campaign, which was hard, hard fought, but I gotta say, credit to both you and Michael Green, incredibly positive campaign about your visions for Syracuse and you were both supportive of each other. And I know he already endorsed you like the day after the absentee ballot counting. What was it like uh, primary? What, you know, what, why, uh, why is it so important that it looks like the Democrats are coming together and uniting uh, behind your campaign? Well, you know, the, the, the primary was literally like a race, you know, and, and from my perspective, it, you know, the one thing you don't do, I'll, I'll use terminology from track and field, you never look look to see where your opponent is. You just got to keep running. Uh, I knew it would be close. I knew it would be tight. You know, I knew that Councilor Green was, uh, you know, developing and, and increasing in favor uh, with many people around the city. Uh, and so we, you know, I know it would be a tight race. I predicted that the margin of victory would be four and a half percent. I would have never expected the margin of victory to be much, much, much smaller than that. Um, but it was definitely, uh, uh, I think, a well-fought race for for both of us. Uh, but I just kept, you know, I just kind of kept my eyes forward and kept running. You know, as it relates to the importance of the unity, I, I think that goes without saying, Dustin. We've had some tough. Uh, elections over the years, I think it shows, you know, even in our current condition, with some of the things that's happening, again, speaking to a little bit of a disconnect, maybe on the part of this administration, you know, democratic values are, are very important. And I always argue that chief among them is the group survival dynamic, the caring of other people and empowering other people to find their stability and to find their footing. I think that's what's characteristic of the Democratic Party. Uh, I think, you know, myself and Councilor Green showed that the, not only the day after, but even the day before, you know, when he came and, you know, he expressed his congratulations and then that it continued into the next day. 
you know, and so, uh, you know, moving forward, you know, certainly I plan to reach out to him again um, just to continue. I told him, I said, I thought it was up to us, you know, certainly uh, in, in a large part to unify the party. And so we're going to make that effort and hopefully we get some more help from other people in the party. But uh, I think the unity and the need for unity goes without saying. Yeah, uh, and it was it was refreshing to see because, uh, you know, we have seen some hard fought primaries with, uh, you know, hurt feelings afterwards. And uh, it, it was it was incredibly brave of both of you to be so out there. And you were a gracious winner. He was a gracious loser. And I got to say, it's, it's something that I haven't seen locally in a while. And it was fun. It, it was good to see. Like, both of you are both my friends, too. So, like, you know, it, it was good to see uh, that. But you are now, uh, you know, you are now the Democratic nominee for mayor. And it can't go without saying that you are the first African-American uh, Democratic nominee and also major party nominee for the city of Syracuse uh, who have had all white men except for one woman uh, since the founding of, of Syracuse in 1887 in a city that is increasingly diverse and uh, close to, if not, uh, you know, we'll find out when the census numbers come, but I believe it's very close to being a majority minority city at this point. Um, what, what does that mean to you as an African-American man and, uh, you know, a product of Syracuse's South Side? And, and, and how important that is that to the community? I, I think in that context, being a product of, of the city and from the South Side, it has a lot of value to me uh, because I think it demonstrates to many people the things that they could achieve. You know, I always say that, you know, that our efforts to move in any direction is a matter of choice choices are absolute inalienable right that no one should attempt to infringe upon and I, you know it's always my effort to empower people to realize that i think it demonstrates that kind of opportunity for persons who look like me and certainly people in general uh I, it's very important for the community you know uh, that i grew up in i see for for many of the people <laughs> not everybody but for many of the people you know you can see the inspiration on their faces you hear it when they talk about the potential of having, you know, the first, uh, you know, and, and you can see the excitement um, and you see the hope, you know, for a lot of years, even up to recent years, you know, people in my community still felt like visitors in some respect uh, and certainly spoke as if they were visitors. And so, you know, to be able to feel as if there's an opportunity for inclusion at, at what many people see as a different level you know, and the, to have a proverbial seat at the table, uh, as, as so many say, I think has inspired a lot of people. Last thing I say in that respect, um, one thing that's certainly exciting for me is that it's exciting for my kids. And so, you know, I, I, you know, my kids, you know, they, they were already, once they understood what local government was, they were excited about the fact that I'm a, that I was, you know, I've been a counselor for a long time. Uh, and obviously that excitement is, is, has increased for them. Uh, you know, my daughter is, 10 and my son is 12. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're very excited about it and that makes me excited. So, you know, I want to talk about your legislative background and what you've accomplished on the council, but I would be remiss to not thank you um, for a, a piece of legislation that is dear to my heart and something that I've been working on uh, with uh, Fair Map CNY and Common Cause, and that is Syracuse independent redistricting 
commission that announced just recently the first eight names, uh, you know, have been selected at random. This has been a big thing in this podcast and also, um, you know, uh, it, it, it's the first independent redistricting commission east of the Mississippi. Uh, it's moving forward. And you were the lead sponsor of the legislation on that and worked with Helen Hudson on, on getting that forward. Um, so how important uh, is that to the city of Syracuse? And why did you put so much time and effort into that? Well, you know, in the, in the uh, I think, very warranted age of, of, of inclusion, you know, diversity and inclusion, this, this is a right for the moment. When I, when I think about the fact, you know, as an 18th Ward chair, and in my 18th ward, there are only two election districts. Let's put this into perspective. The approximate number of persons occupying the election district, give or take 2,000 people. So you're only talking about maybe, maybe 4,000 people in an ED compared to the 19th ward, you know, with nine or, or the 17th, which I believe has as many as uh, 19. You know, and so, you know, at 19 times, roughly 2,000, put that into perspective, you're talking about 4,000 votes approximately versus 40,000. And so, you know, and, and you know, Dustin, what we live with now, we inherit it. You know, nobody here can take the blame for whatever gerrymandering has created today, you know, in, in the past or whatever. Uh, but we certainly have an opportunity to kind of create that balance and to kind of, you know, put our action and, and to, you know, or put our words in action, rather. We, we talk about diversity and inclusion. We talk about leveling the playing field. Uh, what better way to get there than independent redistricting? I think it's probably one of the most important things we've done uh, in the time that I've been on the council. So, you know, I'm very excited about it as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the finished product and see uh, what, what this independent committee decides to do. Yeah, and I, I've said this many times, but I'm going to continue to say it. What a brave thing it was for the you and your fellow council members, all but one, <laughs> all voted for it and voted for the legislation as well. Um, uh, although that was unanimous, I believe, when yeah. the legislation came in, it was unanimous after the charter change to give up power, uh, yeah. you know, and to uh, give it back to the people. And they're going to draw the five common council districts that we have uh, going forward for the next 10 years. And uh, that is something that you don't normally see. But what are your other legislative, um, you know, things that you like to point to, the, the legislative victories in your time on the Common Council? What were some of the things that you were uh, really uh, proud of? And what do you want to do? How do you want to propel that going forward as mayor? Well, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of legislation, but I always point to at least four uh, for two reasons, because I think they were, uh, you know, I call them game changing or maybe framework changing. And they took the longest to get done. There were so many battles going back and forth. Uh, probably one of the more popular was the ban the box legislation and credit to Councilor Jean, former Councilor Jean Kessner as well. She was instrumental in that effort. Uh, and this was allowing persons reentering society from the prison system to gain access to a preliminary interview uh, for employment instead of what used to happen you know, employers likely would see the criminal history box checked and would reject the application from the beginning. And, you know, to be able to make the argument that that is, a, you know, to employ persons, a potential viable workforce reentering from prison is, vi is, is a smart fiscal investment. 
you know, in, in Onondaga County, it costs over $400 per night to house a person from a Syracuse zip code in the Justice Center, you know, as opposed to paying a person for the $600 or $700 per week. You know, so you're talking about approximately, if a person is in the Justice Center, that's $96,000 annually, you know, and why not employ them at $30,000 or $40,000, you know, so it's a much smarter investment in that respect. So I'm proud of that one. I'm proud of, uh, the local hiring ordinance for years, people complained about seeing out-of-state plates on construction sites. Uh, you haven't seen that in a long time. Local hiring required that persons who would contract with the city uh, would hire any additional workers that they would need from within the city. So, you know, if, if Commissioner Zarni come in with four workers to do a job and he can complete it with four workers, so be it. But if the workload requires that he hires four additional workers, those people have to come from within the city of Syracuse. And that legislation has been very effective and credit even to this administration for maintaining it in our contract. Uh, I did the uh, warrants for inspection, you know, for a long time, absentee landlordism still is a problem. Uh, I think we're still getting accustomed to enforcement, but the warrants for inspection allows for code enforcement to seek a warrant from the courts to gain access to living spaces they otherwise couldn't gain access to because landlords could deny them. Of course, they do this during work hours, but it, it gives an opportunity to provide long, you know, provide remedies rather for long-standing issues that people have had for a long time with deplorable housing conditions. And so one, one other, if I can say real quick, is the disorderly property ordinance, uh, which targeted gun, uh, drug houses, gambling houses, you know, after hours, spots, that kind of thing. Uh, that become and any any property that becomes a troubled property, uh, this is a double-edged sword because it you know it it protects the uh, you know the neighborhood and it and puts the responsibility on the landlord, but it equally works as a tool for a landlord to manage behavior on their property. So those four, uh, I'm pretty and and last thing, Dustin, the disorderly property that was a 100-year-old piece of legislation that we found and, and, and kind of restructured to fit our conditions today. So those, those are probably the ones I'm most, most uh, proud of. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, a, that's some great stuff as a former, uh, as a city resident, but also as a former, uh, you know, worker in the, in the Corporation Council's office, I was uh, dealing with absentee landlords a lot as the collection yeah. agent and uh, trying to get them to use, uh, trying to get the, the judgments on them to fix their properties. And a lot of these people were LLCs or out of town. It was hard to, to actually use that. And that was our only tool. So these new tools that are coming to bear are really gonna help the city. And that's amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. It becomes a matter of enforcement. And I, I apologies, I didn't finish the last part of your question. Uh, going, going forward, you know, I've, I've always been very brick and mortar in my approach to government. Over 80% of government revenue comes from working people. The remaining uh, almost 20% comes from land resources. So I mean, many people here, elected officials or politicians talk jobs, 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 but it's really true. Jobs is key to sustaining families and ultimately neighborhoods, communities, and cities. And so uh, 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 effort to reduce unemployment was always number one on my list. Um, as of late though, obviously with the uh, increase in crime, public safety has become very important has always been very important, but has kind of taken the lead in the discussion more appropriately. Uh, property crimes is probably one of the things that disturbed me just as much. And so being able to uh, provide people that necessary quality of life, making neighborhoods safer, 
uh, I argue that uh, police proximity is important. Uh, community police relations is very important. I think I have a pretty decent method for achieving that. Uh, but alongside that, uh, an effort to reduce unemployment by one and a half to three percent in four years, uh, and and improve our you know one and two family neighborhoods to improve our tax base performance, are things that's at the top of my list, uh, along with government efficiency. So you know, it, it, I know you prefer to be positive, and I think that's a, a, a mature way to run for office. But you know, po politics is about contrast, and you're going into you know a unique election this is not something that syracuse has ever seen before where we have an independent mayor running for re-election uh, we've never had an independent mayor in the sense of not enrolled in the party um you know and, and he's running for re-election there's a republican candidate and a democratic candidate it's a three-way race you have uh you know uh, a woman candidate running as a republican so it's a very diverse final um, uh, field as well. Uh, what are you looking forward to in the general? How are you going to, uh, you know, draw contrast from the current administration and from your Republican opponent? Well, I, th I think some of the contrast, uh, you know, Dustin has been demonstrated, you know, I think with all due respect to Janet Berman, she's the least in touch on issues in the city. I think it's been demonstrated over the course of her primary uh, uh, discussion, and, and I would expect that that would be uh, more clarified as time progresses, you know, you know, and, and as it relates to the incumbent, I think he's a little late to the party. He had two years to push a lot of the low hanging fruit he's rushing to do now. You know, there's a lot of things that's being done now that we could have done his first two years in office and COVID certainly had an impact, but that was year three. You know, also to rush into it now, I was asked by a reporter, well, you know, does it matter who does an idea? If even if, you know, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, even if it wasn't their idea, well, no, but integrity should matter. You know, and so I, I think, I think, you know, my effort going forward is not only to demonstrate uh, that I have the greater understanding of issues as it relates to people throughout the city, uh, you know, and, and I'll go to this one point, Dustin, which to me screamed, uh, uh, or at least was an immediate red flag. One of the first things this mayor attempted to do in his first year was raise taxes three and a half percent on a populace with a per capita income rate was $19,832. Only 46 to 48% of the property owners paid taxes. Uh, to me, that, that was uh, a bad move and it showed a lack of understanding. Similarly, you push a police contract that we will not be able to sustain going forward. You know, and, and the fact that everybody got excited about ARPA money, you know, I, right now our median income is about 39, just over 39,000 per capita is just over 23, but it's inflated because of, of, of uh, stimulus money. After that passes, we'll drop back down to 18, 19, as I mentioned, and our median will drop to maybe 35, 34. And, and you know, reality sets in at that point, there's no way that we could sustain the type of, of, of programs that this mayor is putting in place. You know, and so when you look at those kind of things, you have to question the logic. You know, I always say math is the one science that no one can disc discredit. You know, and the math just doesn't, it doesn't add up. It doesn't scream sustainability. You know, when I talk to them, even with the sidewalk program that myself and President Hudson first brought to the city, uh, the previous administration was not ready for it. 
even even to to rush to do that that I'm going to argue was for political purposes because there was no action to move in year one year two even though it was being discussed uh, and to throw out there a fee without concern for persons living on fixed income collecting social security for a thousand dollars or less already facing potential foreclosure from the city because they're falling behind on their taxes you know, they can't keep up with the market to not give consideration for those people, even when it was brought to their attention before COVID, I think screams as well a disconnect. And so those are the things that I plan to make clear. Uh, hopefully it resonate with voters. Uh, but I, I consider myself more of the workforce kind of mayor. You know, it's the people on the ground that I'm concerned about. It's the family, the stability of the individual leading, you know, empowering him, him or her or him and her to sustain their family. One name, one house at a time, one neighborhood at a time, one community at a time. I think that's how you do it. So, uh, you know, I, I like to keep these around a half hour, getting close to that. Uh, but I always like to uh, close with, uh, you know, this one question. What haven't I touched on that you think is important that you want the viewers or listeners to know about your race? And, you know, you're a you're you're a football guy. You're uh, part, with the Syracuse Strong. You're at halftime now. We got two more quarters to go, uh, and I'm an old football guy myself. So, uh, you know, what do you want people to know as we get into the second half of this uh, political season, and uh, and and how you know, and how are you going to win this race? Well, I, I think it's the last thing I said, Dustin. I'm I'm the work. I'm a work for. I would be a workforce mayor. I'm literally just like you. You know, I come up, uh, you know, out of, out of uh, struggling conditions financially, still a person of modest means. You know, I'm very accessible. I believe people know that. I walk everywhere. Some people question, why doesn't he have a car? I choose not to have a liability. Uh, and, and I enjoy walking, you know, but, you know, I see people, I talk to people when I'm passing down the street. And I, I know that some people will say, you can't do that if you're a mayor, but I'm going to try to. You know, so, I, you know, I think accessibility uh, is a key thing. Many people run for office and they, they make promises about accessibility and then they disappear. You know, uh, but I've been accessible the entire time I've been in office now. I plan to be the same. Uh, but again, most important is that I, I'm just a regular person, just like you, trying to provide for my family, take care of my house and, get, and make sure my kids are safe when they go outside and walk the street, walk around the neighborhood. And so I know that those are issues that are very important for many people. They want their houses and their property to be secure. You know, they want shots fired to stop, you know, and so do I, you know, they, they want they want a police presence, but at the same time, I understand the, the need for police reform and I'm very big on that as well. Uh, but I think it starts, as I mentioned, with building community police relations, you know, and I, I'll say this last thing, Dustin, uh, even the police have to not feel like visitors, you know, and so you know, the things that we can do to improve those conditions, improve those relationships, I think go a long way, not only to uh, sustaining or, or making neighborhoods more safe, but improving communication uh, between people who live in the city residents and, and our police department. So I think it's very important going forward. I'm just like you, man. Hey, Clint, thank you so much uh, for taking some time uh, out of your fresh victory here. I know maybe you take a little bit of rest, but I know you, you're going to get back on the streets and uh, start the general election campaign. I want to wish you a happy holiday. And, uh, and uh, I, you know, obviously the resources uh, that we have at the Board of Elections are there for every candidate. So I know I'll be talking to you, uh, <laughs> you know, for, for throughout this season. But congratulations again. 
proud to know you. And uh, uh, where can people find you on the web and Facebook and Twitter? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Khalid Bay at Khalid Bay, you know, on Facebook, on Twitter at Khalid Bay. Uh, same thing on, on Instagram at Khalid Bay. Uh, what else is there? LinkedIn. I'm, I'm on all of them. <laughs> Are you, you got a website yet? You I do. It's uh, bayformayor.com. Uh, you can also find information, reach out to us there. Obviously, we're accepting volunteers. You're right. We have already started planning for the general, uh, you know, and so we're, we're gearing up. We're ready to go. Uh, appreciate you having me on, Dustin. Happy holidays to you as well. Right. Uh, and next week, um, you know, I'm going to start moving more into these candidate interviews. Uh, next week, I have the town of Salina Democratic slate. Uh, in the coming weeks, um, we will be uh, finishing up the summer with the winners of the Syracuse primaries, as well as uh, some other town candidates. And then after Labor Day, I'll be getting into my county ledge uh, candidate uh, interviews. We'll be going to two a week uh, Zoom with Zarnies uh, to get everybody in before the election. Uh, so, uh, and uh, I just released a Monkey Wednesday, which had the data from the June primary. Uh, it'll, you know, it, it's in your feed. So take a look at that data and also the changing nature of Onondaga County's in there. I also look at party switches and new enrollments. So check it out. And, um, and I look forward to seeing you all next week. Thank you very much and enjoy your holiday. Bye-bye.